Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. Last time, Montgomery the Moose and friends found a mysterious and entrancing clump of grass, which seemed to cover the entrance to the magical land that the two small humans, Phoebe and Tamar, have been looking for. Phoebe, Tamar, and Montgomery the Mouse walked through the grass and disappeared. Montgomery the Moose ran at the hole and found himself in a land that was magical indeed. A lush and beautiful land, with plants that appeared to be running around playing a game of some sort. When we left him, he had just heard a voice directing Montgomery to follow it. Meanwhile, at the end of Season 1, Chocolate and Magic, we heard the first part of the origin of Unpredictable Horse. Back in 1998, Unpredictable Horse was known as Ringo, and grew up on a ranch in Colorado Springs, being raised to ride trails through the red rocks of nearby Garden of the Gods. Ringo was always unpredictable and curious, however, and on one walk he saw and jumped on the back of an enormous orange dragon, before both the horse and the dragon suddenly disappeared. So now, let's see where Ringo and the enormous orange dragon went next. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. Whee! Ringo yelped with joy as the giant orange dragon he was on twisted and dove down towards the ocean in his latest desperate attempt to get rid of the stowaway horse. After flips and twists and even a crash into the water below, the horse somehow still managed to hold on. Despite having the power to teleport anywhere he wanted to, the dragon could not shake him off. He tried teleporting from ocean to mountaintop, from desert to tundra, and nothing seemed to faze the horse, who just seemed excited by everything he saw. Why won't you let go? This is amazing, Ringo said, oblivious to the dragon's upset. Now you might think that a horse riding on a dragon's back would have a hard time holding on, but for Ringo, it was somehow very easy. It would have been harder, in fact, for him to let go. He didn't know what was holding him on, but he didn't question it. That was just how it was. Nothing the dragon did seemed to work, so after a final attempt to shake off the horse over an active volcano in Vanuatu, he decided it was time to seek help. He teleported to the snowy Caucasus Mountains on the Russian border with Georgia, and flew around for a few minutes before making a long and deep call. A few moments later, a second call came from a short distance away, followed by a third and a fourth. The chorus of calls from throughout the mountain range, all singing together, created a harmony the likes of which people like you and I have never had the good fortune to hear. And then, emerging from the mountains, flew a white dragon and a red dragon and a yellow dragon, all as large as the orange dragon Ringo was riding on, and Ringo suddenly felt so alive, like this was what he was born to see. The dragons flew in large arcs, circling around Ringo's orange dragon like atoms around a nucleus, with twists and dives that Ringo couldn't quite keep up with. After circling once more, the three dragons swooped in to fly on either side of Ringo's dragon. Without noise, they each turned their heads to make eye contact with the others, and in synchrony, the group turned upwards, flying higher, 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 through clouds, freezing cold, and air so thin Ringo could hardly breathe. But still, he didn't let go, 
And again, it didn't even feel like a choice. It just was. Ringo wondered what was going to happen next, whether he was going to pass out or something else. Either way, it was going to be very exciting. And exciting it was. The sky above them filled with an orange-red misty glow, which they flew directly into. At this point, Ringo had teleported enough to know that it was happening again now, but something felt very different about it this time. When they came out of the mist, the group was flying down again, and seemed to be heading towards a small village built about halfway up a steep, rocky mountain. The village was modest, with roughly made buildings, but what drew Ringo's attention was the centerpiece of the village, a towering, ornate temple with vibrant red and gold colors, which looked like it had been worked on at the expense of everything else nearby. As they circled around it, Ringo felt sure he saw an image painted in sections on every level of the temple, creating one single image, some 60 feet tall, of a blue dragon. Ringo looked at the dragons he was with. None of them were blue. As they flew over the village, simply dressed people ran out of the small huts and looked up from the quiet market streets, pointing at the dragons and speaking to each other in awe, in a language Ringo didn't understand. The group of dragons flew gently past the temple and came to land further up the mountainside, close to a large cave. As they rested from their flight, they looked at each other once more, and also at Ringo, who was still finding the whole thing to be very exciting. Then they looked into the darkness of the cave, and together, in harmony, made another long and deep call. Aru! Some loud shuffling sounds came from inside the cave. Ringo looked at the mountainside and was pretty sure he saw rocks and dust fall as the mountain shook slightly with each giant movement from inside. Ringo felt the orange dragon take a step back and then realized that the other dragons were doing the same as the movement became louder inside the mountain. And then, emerging from the darkness, Ringo saw a vibrant, dark blue creature. At first it was hard to tell what was what, but stepping towards the group was a blue dragon who was quite a bit larger than the others. Ringo could tell that the others looked up to it with reverence and respect. This was the dragon who was painted on the temple outside. Ringo could hear the chatter of hundreds of people in the village behind them, and the people all seemed to unify into a chant of some kind. Gonzalo! 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 But Ringo was too transfixed to turn his head. The great blue dragon's eyes were half-closed, and it moved slowly. It looked around at the other dragons gathered, looked at Ringo, and paused. Ringo felt like something really important was about to happen. The dragon opened its mouth. Oh no, Ringo thought. It never occurred to me that this might be bad. The dragon's mouth opened wider, and closing its eyes, the dragon gave an enormous yawn. The yawn was slow and long, and was followed by stretching as the great blue dragon attempted to wake itself up. It yawned again. Ah, it said eventually. What time is it? 1998, the white dragon replied. Well, not really, 
the red dragon corrected. I mean, it is for us, but obviously we had to travel to get you. 1998 isn't one of your years. Hmm, the blue dragon responded, not really seeming interested. We are sorry to wake you, the great Gonzalo, Ringo's dragon said, bowing his head and avoiding eye contact. And what is this? The dragon known as the great Gonzalo added, nodding at Ringo and looking at him closely. I think this creature is called a horse, Ringo's dragon replied. A horse, hmm? The giant blue dragon replied, as if it had never heard of such a creature before. Ringo tried to say something, but found that no sound came out. Just as he was unable to move, he was also unable to speak. I can't get it off me, the orange dragon added, as if with layers of meaning that he wasn't saying. Hmm, the great Gonzalo sighed, eyeing Ringo closely. Trevor, you may have begun the prophecy. Yes, we believe so, the white dragon responded calmly. The great Gonzalo looked from dragon to dragon, making eye contact with each of them in turn, before asking, And what say you, Quen? The red dragon nodded and replied, Yes, the great Gonzalo, I believe the prophecy is coming true. There was a moment of silence. Ringo desperately wanted to let them know how exciting he thought this whole thing was, but his mouth would not open, no matter how hard he tried. Well, the great Gonzalo finally spoke softly. Have you tried, it shrugged, eating it? The great blue dragon looked at them all again to gauge their reactions, as it seemed sheepish to even suggest it. The others all looked around at each other. None of them looked at Ringo, who still thought this whole thing could be a lot of fun. The white, red, yellow, and orange dragons looked back at the blue dragon briefly. They weren't sure if they should be approving of the idea of eating the horse, and they all turned their heads and looked up at the sky as if there was suddenly something very interesting up there. They all started absentmindedly singing, do-do-do-do-do, as they avoided looking at Ringo, and even that singing was harmonized in a way that was the most beautiful thing the people watching from the village below had heard in generations. The great Gonzalo joined in with some incredibly harmonic absent-minded, do-do-do-do-do-ing, and as if it was not paying attention to what it was doing at all, and as if the whole thing was an accident in which the great Gonzalo was just an innocent bystander, it stepped forward and leaned down to gobble the horse from the orange dragon's back. Ah, the large dragon said with a large gollop, before feigning innocence to anyone who was within earshot by shouting quickly, Oh my goodness, I tripped and accidentally ate that horse. Oh, I am so terribly sorry, but what can be done about it? Nothing, I suppose. Oh well, I'm sure everything will be okay. Without any thought from Ringo, though, who still thought the whole affair was the most fun thing he'd ever been a part of, he did not end up in the great Gonzalo's mouth after all, nor in his stomach, and he wasn't on the orange dragon's back anymore. He was standing a few feet away, in between the whole crowd of dragons on the rocky ground. The dragons were all in a quiet, congratulatory mood, feeling like they'd handled a difficult problem, until the white dragon caught sight of Ringo down by her feet and jumped back with an eek! 
Alia, what is it? The red dragon asked before seeing him too. It's the horse, the white dragon replied, indicating nervously with her nose. The large blue dragon turned its head, saw the horse as if this was no big deal, moved slowly towards him, and then snapped its jaws around the horse again. But again, Ringo wasn't there. He was suddenly ten feet away. This is all my fault, the orange dragon, which Ringo now knew was called Trevor, said. That horse has been on my back while I've teleported all over the earth. Somehow he's absorbed some of my power. The great Gonzalo tried do-do-do-do-doing one more time, suddenly biting down on the horse with as much speed as it could. Ringo teleported once more, though, and this time he was on the great Gonzalo's head, somehow stuck on in the same way he had been on the orange dragon's back for so long. The great Gonzalo snarled loudly and let out a deep, low growl of embarrassment and disapproval. This horse is unpredictable, it said at last. It looked around at the other dragons, and they all agreed with the unspoken assessment of what would need to happen next. We will have to take this unpredictable horse to our realm and deal with him there. The other dragons gave a subtle nod in agreement. Suddenly, all five dragons, with Ringo securely on the great Gonzalo's head, flew like arrows up into the sky, and as the villagers watched the once-in-a-lifetime sight from below, a multicolored mist filled the sky above the creatures. They raced into it, and suddenly they were all gone, leaving a clear sky once more. To be continued. If you enjoyed what you just heard, we'd love it if you would tell a friend about Tales from the Mooseverse, and also if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Both ratings and reviews make a huge difference in helping podcasts find a wider audience. This week, we received this review from Listen Daily Two Times, who said, The story is engaging and fun. What we really like is spinning off our own stories, which the narrator always encourages people to do. We get silly with it and start laughing and have a great time. This is more than a story. It's a platform for everyone having fun telling stories. Thank you so much. That's absolutely what we're going for with Tales from the Mooseverse, and it made our day to read your review. Speaking of spinning off your own stories, now that you've heard this story, we'd love to hear what you come up with. What's the story with these dragons? What do you think their realm is like? And what do you think the prophecy is that they mentioned? As always, we'd love to hear your stories about any of the Mooseverse characters or any others you think would fit in the Mooseverse. You can record a story yourself, on audio or video, or write it, or even send in pictures. We'll include some on our website, mooseverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>